are the rumours true that this is out of the flooring porter betting syndicate that we were they're trying to, to hide the money here Will that's what yeah. they're trying to do now I can either <laughs> confirm nor deny that <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed on the OTB Sports app now the news round on Off The Ball with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar this is News Talk Hello, busy show on the way. So it's a Champions League evening and a Champions League knockout evening at that. Benfica against Liverpool. Manchester City will host Atletico. Dan McDonnell is with us between 9 and 10 to watch the action as it comes to a close. Tommy Welch joins us after 8 on the hurling. And then this hour, Miguel Delaney, he was in Qatar last week for the World Cup draw. We're going to pick his brain on the experience and what he learned about World Cup 2022. 53106 is the tax number. We are at Off The Bull on Twitter. Richie McCormick, you're there. How are you, Joe? And Ronan Mullen in studio. Hi, Joe. Early news that Guardiola has gone for a 2-3-1-4. Ederson up front. <laughs> Raheem Sterling fly keeper. He's been looking at all the angles here and he's cracked the code. He's ready to go. Yeah, he took exception yesterday to people pointing out that he is a penchant for possibly overthinking things in the latter stages of the Champions League. People have that suspicion, Joe, because he does <laughs> and has on several occasions, <laughs> not least the Champions League final just gone where like having deployed a central defensive midfielder for his entire coaching career decided to forego it entirely against Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel so like even looking at this lineup at a glance they have so many players to choose from there's always going to be omissions but possibly not the, the team I would have picked but the Atletico dynamic is an interesting one um, where both teams will be able to play the, the game they prefer here where Atletico can camp in and try and hit City on the break with individual moments and City to that end will be happy to keep the ball and, and dominate possession so it's just who can deploy their tactics better I suppose mm. Now this is the week running where Freddie Couples often makes me swoon makes me feel good and he got in early usually it's first round leader but he got in early this week he was playing with Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas in a practice round and he said Tiger Woods is hitting the ball unbelievably he said the driver is like a machine said the irons amazing and he said Tiger didn't even bother putting out in lots of holes because he's Tiger Woods he knows how to put so Freddie Couples was saying if he can walk around for the four days he's in this tournament and he seems to have dispelled any notion that it's even a, a question now like there was some talk yesterday was it of game day decision and possibly seeing literally how he feels when he wakes up Thursday morning but by all accounts and those accounts in particular he's, he's good to go the decision has been made he was uh, speaking this afternoon he's locked he's loaded He's ready to go. He's playing Thursday morning, 10.24 local time. So what's that? We're going to have three territory here. You'll be able to get all the shots in the app. So I'm not averse to the coverage, go. Joe. Like Anytime I do frequent those apps or the, the golf websites, the top five stories are always Tiger Woods, Tiger yeah. Woods' son. Fair enough. It's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. Like in layman's terms for people, you know, we'll, we'll know WrestleMania was on last weekend and they brought Stone Cold Steve Austin back 19 years after his last match to have another match. And, you know, the parallels are obvious between Stone Cold and and Tiger Woods <laughs> but is there a sense that golf is it a bit disconcerting that golf is still leaning on an ailing force I'm going to call him a, a departing force to this extent a bit it's a disaster like who is the there isn't there isn't there's, one like nobody else like, there's nobody else speaking from a, a, obviously a casual point of view the the Bryson element did yeah, seep yeah. into the no no but I'm just saying from an outside perspective here the Bryson okay. element did seep into the WhatsApp groups and this is pretty odd okay. what's going on here. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so there are elements to that and Brooks Kepka, mm. you know, can get behind that a little bit. 
briefly. Those are the kind of bits. Whereas your Jordan Spieth, Joe, I hate to break it to you. Careful. They're, they're not crossing over. Careful. Not he transcends over. the sport, right? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I totally accept what you're saying. Only Woods really transcends the sport. I mean, I think in this country for us, because we love our golf and we don't have that many global superstars. McIlroy is a big deal. Harrington, of course, an enormous deal. And Larry as well. And people are getting on board the Seamus Power bandwagon as it's leaving the station. Uh, but I mean, you think, say, the States, for instance, only Tiger Woods has transcended golf uh, in the last yeah, 20, 30 years. To be fair, like I'm, I'm picking on golf yeah. here somewhat. Yeah. He transcends sport as well. Like it's um, very few sporting fields have a, a figure of that renown mm. that they can point to. Like basketball, that's Michael Jordan. Football doesn't have a unique one where you're like, that's certainly the one. I think there's a sense in America that's like Pele crosses over to an extent that probably Messi and Ronaldo still don't. Mm. You know, he's just kind of the, the the name that goes. I'd be worried Beckham crosses over mm. more than Messi and Ronaldo. So like, in his defence, he's uh, he's transcended a lot more than golf. He's transcended popular culture, sports, news, everything. Yeah. Richie, I think it's where you're starting your news round, in fact, so we might crack on. Mm. It is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. I didn't see his press conference. Uh, there was a lot in it. To be fair, oh, yeah? he kind of went into detail against what he's uh, against what he's battling um, among the confidence that he can actually do well uh, this week. But top of uh, the shop, I guess, is that Tiger Woods confirming that he will play at this week's Masters. The five-time winner of the Green Jacket has been practicing at Augusta since late last week, and he'll play a further nine holes, he says, tomorrow. He played alongside Justin Thomas and Freddie Couples yesterday, as you mentioned, as he gears up for a first tournament since November of 2020. Louis Westhazen and Joaquin Neiman will be his partners on Thursday morning. The Masters will be Woods' first time striking a ball in anger since his horrific car crash in February of last year he required a rod to be inserted in his tibia with rods and screws to be required to stabilise his ankle and foot injuries and this all came after a fifth back surgery but despite all of that Woods is feeling confident. You've said countless times throughout your career that you don't enter a golf tournament unless you think that you can win Mm -hmm. it so the question is simple do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well I I can hit it just fine and I, I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking is the hard part. You know, this is normally not a easy walk to begin with. Um, uh, now, given the, the conditions that you know my leg is in, it gets a little bit more more difficult. And you know that uh, you know 72 holes is uh, it's a long road, and uh, it's going to be a, a tough challenge and a challenge that I'm, I'm up for. Can he he win it, Joe? He seemed fairly certain. Now, he always feels certain, even when he's had some horrific days back in 2015 when things were looking especially grim. And on several of his back surgery comeback trails, he was embarrassed almost, like he had chipping yips. Podrick Harrington told a story on this show of in the locker room, a TV was on as Woods was struggling just to chip a ball and they turned off the TV. They were like sad to see it and probably also worried just by seeing it there might be a degree of contagion. It was that horrible. Mm. So he always feels he can win. That doesn't mean he always has won. If he does win, I think it's the greatest sports comeback and also potentially greatest sports story in the history of sport, period. What am I not thinking of there? we had a similar conversation after he won the Masters um, a couple of years ago. 19. And the one that I would have argued at that time was Muhammad Ali, you know, expulsion, quote unquote, from boxing to come back and dethrone the most fearsome heavyweight of all time, George Foreman, when Ali was well past his best 
and the tactical acumen he showed in that fight coupled with the reasons he was mm. dispelled from the sport of boxing and what the stands he took like if you put that swirl all together it's a difficult one to argue with but in pure sporting terms I think this would be certainly right up there if not outstripping it and then I think the texters on that evening were pointing to was it Nicky Lauda the F1 driver Nicky Lauda yeah for sure so those are like it's a very uh, small list I would say of those kinds of achievements yeah I mean it still remains a huge if he's been out for 14 months he nearly died his back was already in tatters like the thing to remember Woods is post winning the 19 Masters he really was a dwindling force after that that seemed to take so much out of him he wasn't in contention thereafter like at Portrush he was a shadow of a man missed the cut got the hell out of there looked in terrible shape so even coming into 2020 just before the car accident I would have said okay he's had his swan song and now that's happened and we're on another 14 months so it's hard to imagine that with a card in his back pocket which will be a serious weight on Thursday for the first time in, in so long that he can produce I would think his approach is going to be hang in there on day one shoot a 73 or a 74 do something a bit better on a Friday warm to the task keep hanging in there maybe a good Saturday and Sunday can you be within the last four groups and have your name on the leaderboard and hope that others around you wilt as they did in 2019 because quite a few of them wilted Molinari Kepka Fina all went into the water on 12 it was actually extraordinary so I would think that's his thinking and look, the Masters is such a small field you've got like 90 guys a bunch of them are like Sandy Lyle and the lads so you can forget about them you've got a bunch of rookies they never win you're into pretty elite company almost straight away. So I would think he can hang with them because there is no dominant player in the world right now. Scotty Scheffler is the world number one. Now, if Scotty Scheffler walked in here with a T-shirt saying, I'm Scotty Scheffler, I'm still not sure you'd know who he was. Sure wouldn't, Joe. <laughs> so as I'd say all of these things are swirling around Woods' mind and if he can walk, then uh, I don't know. I mean, it's an idiosyncratic course where memories and know-how really come into play, experience comes into play. But... Um, that was a striking line in his quote there that walking's the hard part. Yeah. Do you know, like even in black and white written down, that's, that's a hell of a statement. Well, I would love to know if he's played 18 holes four days in a row yet in his recovery. Yeah, exactly. I doubt it. I yeah. doubt it. Today, like he was talking today and he said that they played 27, which I think he was alluding to the back end of the last week when he flew in. And that included the part three he was saying. So he played 27 in one day, which is a hell of a lot. And since then, it seems to have been nines. And obviously, you know about more than me, like the constraints of your your practice time are, are kind of pretty heavy uh, at Augusta this week because obviously everyone's flying in, everyone wants, to, wants a shot. So he's been restricted. He did 27, would have been Friday of last week, Thursday or Friday of last week, nine Sunday, nine yesterday, another nine tomorrow. Like a, he, there's no way he's racked up that necessary amount of golf and pressure golf. Yeah. Um, that he that you'd have to put together to to put together a decent score. Yeah. Over the week in Augusta, so like it's a, it's a tough ask. It, it really is. really is. Yeah. Pressure golf is the key point. Absolutely yeah. agree. Uh, Texan dead right lads. Let's face it. Nobody cares about Cam Smith or Justin Thomas. Somebody else says Shane Larry will absolutely do for us globally. Though the game is in trouble post Tiger. Ali was 32 years old at the Rumble in the Jungle. Hilarious to think how past it everyone thought he was. Tyson Fury is 33 now. I guess 32 back then was yeah, and like 37 the, now. The amount of fights Ali had in his resume compared to Fury, you know, it's it's miles on the clock yeah. rather than pure age terms. 
The thing about golf and transcending and all that, and Christian Eriksen's a good shout, by the way, uh, but the thing about golf and transcending, like there actually is very few that have managed to do it. There's there's Arnold Palmer, there's Jack Nicklaus, there's Seve, there's Tiger. Yeah. And and beyond that, you're probably reaching. I think so. To be fair. Yeah, I think so. That's doing well. In their their pockets, McElroy here, of course, and (laughs) Ernie Els, I'm sure, in South Africa, but globally, yeah. I don't expect you to know off the top of your head, Joe, but is there a... I suspect I will. Is there... Possibly. (laughs) is, Is there a conceived or a considered point where people point to and say that was the peak of Tiger Woods 2000 for sure yeah without question so we are talking like 22 years after the yeah, fight yeah. and I just mean, like Stone Cold there you go it was an outrageous peak he won all he won four majors in a row mm. the Tiger Slam well, he won the US Open by Mikkel check I think it was like 19 shots Ernie Els walked off and said well I won the tournament I was in he finished second it was devastation it was carnage it was absolute carnage to win four majors in a row was frightening like let me give you, let me give you some a, a point here. The current world number one who we've dissed, Scotty Scheffler, in world ranking points, he's world number one with eight point something world ranking points. Tiger at his peak had thirty two. Like Phil Mickelson was hanging around sometimes on eleven, twelve, thirteen world ranking points and couldn't get within a sniff of world number one because of Tiger. The lads now are all on eight and they're world number one. Like for him to be thirty two, he's four times better than the current world number one, <laughs> whatever that means. So um, Rory was talking as well. 15 shots clear. Mix checked. 15 shots clear. Uh, 12 under. Second place was th- three over. No, I was just, because I was just going to double check. I think the, what I would consider Muhammad Ali's peak was 66. That's okay. Cleveland Williams, which people should look up. It's only a couple of rounds to fight and it's just majestic. It's like, it's like, it's like choreographed uh, beauty in, in how he pulled it together. Was, was he at the 60 Olympic Games or 64? 60. 60. So then six years beyond that. So, um, six, and then he didn't fight Foreman until 74, I believe. Okay. So, do you know, it's eight years is still a long time, especially in boxing, but, you know, relative to, we're talking into a third decade on from Tiger's Peak that he's, even in this conversation, is, is remarkable. Remarkable. We should press on. 46, by the way, is a special age around Augusta. That's when Nicholas won his last uh, Masters in 86. McElroy then, nobody's tipping McElroy Rich in so much as I can see. Not really, see. no. Yeah, his form pretty cold after a miscut last week in Texas and just two top 10 finishes on this year's tour that includes a win at the CJ Cup. Despite all of that, he feels he can construct 72 holes capable of winning a first green jacket. I would say my game's in, it feels in good shape. I think it's it's felt better than the results have maybe suggested the last few weeks. Um, and I think the big, like the big key here, you know, you look at all the previous winners, especially over the last you know, five to ten years, um, their iron play and their approach play has separated them from the field. So that's the, you know, that's a really important part of, of, of your play this week. Uh, and as I was just saying there to, to Jimmy, it, it, it baits you into going for flags that you shouldn't go for. So again, it's about being very disciplined with your, with your approach play, knowing that if you hit a wedge to 20 or 30 feet, that's okay. Um, middles of greens, you know, you hole a few putts, you, you know, as I, it's, that's what it's about. It's about hitting greens. It's about playing to the fat part of the green, being somewhat conservative, uh, you know, and that's what, I think that's what wins you masters. I mean, obviously you see the highlights of people hitting, you know, heroic golf shots around here, but you know, that's just one golf shot. You know, the rest of the time they're they're doing the right things and they're being patient and being disciplined and um, you know, that's what wins you green jackets. 
That's uh, McElroy then. Golf Weekly recorded, done, up and ready for you this afternoon. Bumper edition. Uh, Richie, Dan Levy, this is uh, desperate news for a 27-year-old. Yeah, contrast to the uh, Tiger Woods news with this, Dan Levy says he can't ask any more of his body with the flanker forced to retire at the age of just 27. He's been unable to fully recover from a serious knee injury sustained in March of 2019, which initially saw him sidelined for 18 months. But a series of comeback attempts, particularly this season, have proved fruitless. Levy won five of his 11 Ireland caps in the Grand Slam winning season of 2018 and was a Champions Cup winner with Leinster. Brutal. <clears throat> he was a phenomenal player. I mean, he really is a big loss. Dan Levy at his best was uh, such an asset to Ireland. So 27, that's a bitter pill to swallow. Burned brightly but briefly and won a, you know, win a Grand Slam, win a Champions Cup. But, uh, that Grand Slam, he was, tough. Like, he was like two players yeah. back then. Yeah. His contribution was incredible. Yeah. So it's, and there was always a sense he'd get a second act and it just never came. It's, yeah. it's very sad. Very sad. So we'll move on to the football then. Champions League to come in a moment. Football here at home as well. Yeah, Slugger Rovers have the chance to go second in the SSE or Tristy Premier Division table tonight. The Bitter Red welcome an out-of-form Bohemian program. Kickoff is at 7.45. While Liverpool's quest for an historic quadruple has taken them to Lisbon tonight, they play Benfica in the first leg of their Champions League quarter-final. But Liverpool have lost on each of their last three visits to the Estadio de Luz, old and new. Uh, for Liverpool tonight, Alisson starts in goal. Familiar back four of Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ibrahim Akinate, Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson. In midfield then, the trio of Fabinho, Naby Keita and Thiago Alcantara. And the front three is Luis Diaz, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. Meanwhile, as you mentioned, Man City boss Pep Guardiola has laughed off suggestions that he overthinks his tactics in Europe. The Premier League leaders welcome Atletico Madrid to the Etihad tonight. Edgerson starts in goal for City with a back four then of João Cancelo, John Stones, Amrik Laporte and Nathan Aki. In midfield, Rodri is alongside Ilkay Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne while Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez and Raheem Sterling are their front three. It's gone uh, for a back five as Diego Simeone for Atletico tonight. So Jan Oblek starts in goal for them. On the right-hand side of the defence is Simei Versalco. Stefan Savage, Felipe and Reynildo are their central back three with Renan Lodi on the left-hand side. Jeffrey Condogbia, Marcus Llorente and Koke are in midfield with João Felix in behind Antoine Griezmann. A kick-off in both games is at 8 o'clock. Okay, so uh, there were reports over the weekend that Mo Salah is going to stay with Liverpool and word from Egypt is that is the case. Yeah, Egypt's sports minister, no less, says Mo Salah has decided to stay with Liverpool. Talks over a contract extension have laboured with the Egyptian star's current deal expiring in the summer of 2023. Jurgen Klopp said yesterday that he's happy with how talks are going, but Ashraf Sobi has gone one further. Speaking to local media, the sports minister said he met Salah after last week's World Cup playoff defeat to Senegal. And Sobi's quoted as saying, I have advised him to continue his journey at another club other than Liverpool, but his decision now is to renew his contract at Liverpool. I think Mo Salah haven't to like take advice from the Egyptian sports minister about his career mm. I just sit there and nod listen to this guy saying I think you should leave Liverpool uh, the word <laughs> over the weekend was he wanted certainly half a million a week the Liverpool offer was and is 400,000 sterling a week and they've agreed on 400 sterling a week plus an extra year so four years in effect and he's happy enough with that, so he's going to stay for four years, which effectively for him is the rest of his career. And 400,000 is a lot. I know there's a notion that Liverpool didn't want to belie their wage structures, but that is a significant marker. I'd for, take it. For incoming players. Well, certainly. But, like, I didn't think they would go to that extent. I thought it would have been something like... But why do we keep talking about Liverpool as if they're, like, this lowly club just trying to get by? They're not Crystal Palace. I know, but they're it, Liverpool. It's the metrics just going off how the... Henry's do things if you look at the Boston Red Sox like they've let top players go and just looked if you want to go all money ball on it like they've 
they've decided we can replace Mo Salah with sure. three players and that's typically how they've done things in American sports but Salah's just such an emblematic figure of what this Liverpool represents like short of Klopp himself you know letting Salah go even at 30 is a bit would seem premature and yeah. to be fair like it hasn't it hasn't exactly been paved out that he has a huge amount of suitors not that everyone wouldn't want Mo Salah in their team it's just they look at the age profile as well mm. and the, the players or the teams who are in a position to sign a Mo Salah are probably more looking at Mbappe or Haaland and that's just the that's the reality of this summer Best comeback of all time Herman Meyer the skier says somebody in 01 he almost lost a leg in a motorcycle accident in 04 in Italy Meyer won his fourth World Cup title Meyer a major celebrity in the world of winter sports where people call him the Herminator says Mark yeah it's oh, not yeah, a bad one yeah. uh, Colin Coakley Tiger's like a boxer who keeps coming out of retirement for one last shot at glory from a non-golf fan it's sad to watch to be honest Colin, he won the Masters in 2019. He won like two years ago. Major winner. I think, I think now, though, now, though, there is, and especially after, we I, we talked about it on the show after the car crash when we talked about potential comebacks. Said that it's surely, at, like, at 46, with all the money he's earned, with all the titles he's won, with the trouble that he's been through on the family front, there comes a point where you just have to relax back into things and kind of treasure what you have, not chasing what you might have. But he's and not. He's not he's, no, I take the point. But he's not hitting the road to slog it out on the PGA Tour twenty five weeks of the year. He said he's going to play the majors, pick and choose his events. He's forty six. Nicholas in the nineteen eighties won a major at forty six. Phil Mickelson just won a major at fifty. We're not talking about Evander Holyfield here. But even still, to put that kind of pressure on yourself because you, you don't just rock up at the majors and you know decide to put together four rounds and, and you're happy enough to walk away. There's a lot that goes into it. I know. But what else um, would he be doing? Mm. Like a kid. I, nothing I, I, exactly. I would literally I would literally if I had his money and his <laughs> stature in life do absolutely uh, nothing wouldn't. at that age I know what you're saying but after six months you'd be bored out of your mind you've got to remember he has spent 14 months recuperating he spent the first six months of 2021 inside, inside effectively on a bed yeah this is it like I think to put some amateur psychology on it I presume this was some sort of a target for him in his recuperation that you know if things go to plan hopefully I can get back to an event like this and as much as he's saying he thinks he can win it I think even getting out there will be feel like some sort of indication or symmetry or closure for him I have half a feeling he'll finish up better than Rory McIlroy at the end <laughs> of this week that is the second biggest story that can happen can emanate from this surely this weekend if, if Rory somehow yeah. comes from it like I mean I don't mean in Irish terms I mean in global terms in golfing terms yeah because yeah, he would join immortality yeah so if one of those two things happen, Joe, we'll have a good, mo- we could show Monday. I just don't want Richie to win the lottery if he's going to lie around and do nothing. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Let, let me tell you, I won't even need to be 46. I could be, I'm, I'm what, three months shy of being 40 and I could do absolutely nothing tomorrow and be quite happy and there's no chance of me getting bored. If, I've got shelves full of books here that I have to get through, Joe. Uh, no. I'd be happy enough to do that. Richie would definitely buy both. You'd be bored. If you won 50 million, yeah. are you telling me you'd retire and, to use your quote, do nothing? You would never see me again, Joe. No, I, would, no I, I, I would appreciate that but <laughs> I'm just wondering would you do nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing like, no, you'd abso- get literally absolutely I, would, I genuinely wouldn't you'd be, at, genuinely you'd be at the Masters as well uh, maybe yeah I can, I can see, if I can, see if they'll take a fee yeah. and let me in there I can play alongside Sandy Lyle and see if I can do better well exactly uh, okay so we'll probably preview the Masters tomorrow and Golf Week is up now we are going to take a short break we've got Miguel Delaney waiting on the far side Richie thanks very much Nice lad. And Ronald Mullen, thank you. Cheers, Joe.